True Crime Girls contains content not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. postal these people should have gone on vacation instead i think we should all take a mental health day after this episode what up bitches <laughs> hi everyone hello welcome back yes or welcome for the first time i know i realized girls we were when we were recording um the last one i realized we didn't really do an overview of what the podcast was but i guess we were like eh, it's season two it. all our fans okay. are fucking here <laughs> do it now do it now okay um so we are true crime girls we are three girls who talk about true crime or we like to talk what what's our what's our spiel <laughs> we like to talk about true crime already me <laughs> <laughs> It's the second season. I think they already know who we are, what we're about. That's Eileen. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Kylie. And this is Janine. And oh, shit. That was. Uh, oh, that was Logo yeah. Order. And that's Logo Order, in case any of you are wondering who's who. who. Yeah. Eileen is the glasses. Kyle's the blonde. And I'm the bang. Ooh. Janine is the bangs. I like those identifiers. Yeah. What am I? Glasses. You're the glasses. Oh. Thanks. You just turned me into four eyes. As we're like all wearing glasses right I now. Know. We are. <laughs> yeah, my contacts. I fucking ripped them like a dumbass. I've never worn when contacts. You said, when you said that you were driving home with one contact out, I totally imagined Jan Brady from the Brady Bunch movie. <laughs> like, I dropped my contact driving all over the place. Oh my it was not fun. I had to close the one eye that didn't have a contact because then it was like all out of focus. It sucked, but whatever. Um so yeah, so welcome everybody. This is episode two of the second season. Holy shit. Yeah. Two point two. I hope you guys oh, yeah. liked the last episode. Um, what are we talking about today? We are talking about the base. Uh, Maybe like the most relatable episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um, so all of us. Obviously, by the name of it, it's going postal. So just people <laughs> losing their shit at work. Yeah. We've all thought about it. Oh, Don't act like you haven't. For sure shit my boss listens to this just kidding i love everybody i would never hurt any of you i more think about like <laughs> yeah right <laughs> no after this he's gonna get to work and he's gonna be like same girl same 
awesome. <laughs> I know. Um, no, I don't think about like doing like bad stuff to my coworkers. But I definitely think about like getting like mad and like screaming or something. I will or like crying. Say, I think with one of my coworkers, doing, I I relate. Like I feel it. Like I I get it. I get the frustration. Yeah. I think everybody gets the frustration when it comes to work. And it's so crazy. Like if you work like a nine to five, like these people, you're with these people more than you're with your family. Mm-hmm. Like luckily the jobs that I've had, I like my coworkers. Yeah. Like, so the they make part, it bearable. Sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Hope you guys are ready. I'm Not ready. A lot of bullshit. No, I mean we're getting oh straight God. to it. This is the second recording of the day. We're hungry. We're getting we're getting into this. <laughs> we're like, let's get in, let's get out. I yep. need a nap. Eileen needs a nap. Yep. Eileen is still coming in remotely <laughs> through yep. from her bedroom. So this is gonna be fun. You're going first, right, Eileen? Yeah, and it's not as comfortable as I thought. Like, you know when you're on the phone and you do like random shit as you're talking on the phone? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's this situation. Except I can't go very far because I'm attached to a fucking computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't take us to the bathroom with you. No, that, no. I can't go that far. If I start to hear a stream. I'm in a question. <laughs> I'm gonna be pissed. I can't go that far. Pun intended. But after I'm done with mine, I'm totally just gonna fucking lay down. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. You're not laying down right now. No, I have to sit so I can read. Oh, uh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. That's why I chose to go first. <clears throat> All right, get it, girl. So, this episode is going postal. Because why else would we talk about post offices? Unless it's talking about murder. Because <laughs> they're so exciting. I know. They're so fun. So, I actually, really quick, have like a fascination with the post office. It's like like a magic land. Like I, It's very intricate, the work that they do. Oh, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I... I love them. Go ahead. Eileen. It confuses me. They still give me the wrong it mail. It really does. <laughs> I get um, Ipsy packages from the chick that lives around the block because we have the same four digits. That's not a bad problem to have. I know. Do you guys have the same skin tone? I don't know. I've never met her. <laughs> Did you open the package? <laughs> no. Mm. You're a better person than this I am. This is a boring story. <laughs> it's a federal crime to open someone's mail that is not yours. This is they true. should add an, an amendment to that unless it's an Ipsy bag. <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless it's a subscription box. <laughs> Get at it. Right. Anyway, tell us so. about it. Um, going postal is an American English slang term referring to becoming extremely and uncontrollably angry, often to the point of violence and usually in a workplace environment, which happens to everybody uh, for fucking sure. Um, the expression derives from a series of incidents from 1986 onward in which USPS workers and USPS is United States Postal Service <clears throat> workers shot and killed managers fellow workers, and members of the police or general public in acts of mass murder. Between 1970 and 1997, more than 40 people were killed by current or former employees in at least 20 incidents of workplace rage. Crazy. Um, Although the term was made popular in America, I found record of a man named James Hanavan, who was fired from his job as a postal worker. He shot and wounded two employees at Adelaide General Post Office in 
Australia, um, before turning the gun on on himself. This happened in 1926. Holy shit. Yeah. So this shit was going on way before we thought. Rolling it back. Mm -hmm. Um, On October 30th in 1934 in Quebec, Canada, which this surprised me because Canadians come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do my best with these names. Um, Rosaire Bildo. Bilodeau. Roselle Bilodeau. Yeah, whatever. Um, Former carrier for the Quebec Postal Service drove five members of his family out into the woods and killed them. He then took eight shots at three postal workers. Postmaster Morin, Divisional Superintendent Oscar uh, Fizet, and Senior Mail Clerk Moise Jolicoeur, who he killed. So the other two he just wounded, but he killed Moise Jolicoeur. And everybody in his family died. Yeah, all five of them. And he uh, he took them out in like two separate trips. So like he took a couple out, killed them, came back to get some more, took them out, killed them too. What? Yeah, fucking weird. Jesus. Um, That's crazy. Since the 1990s, there have been 17 postal killings in the U.S. alone. Um, on record, there have been 53 instances of workplace violence ending in death around the world. Um, that number is not including instances involving soldiers or members of the military because that number is a much higher at yeah. 75 yeah. around the globe. Oh, I can imagine. I did see that um, when looking up these stories. Uh, so that's why I like, I almost wanted to do one of those. I was like, no, fuck it. I'm I not, know it's so hard. I'm not getting into that's, that. that's a sensitive subject. Yeah, that's, right. like a whole that's a lot. Like it, there's not many of going postal in the post office, but when you, I mean, there's still a lot. There's like, what 50 but still when you go to workplace violence not just post office there's a whole lot more and there's so many different like subcategories there's like um i know it's not post office but like the ups and fedex dudes um there's Mm -hmm. just regular workplace violence and then when you go to the military there's a whole lot more and i think with the military it's a lot more um I don't, I don't even know. It's, I don't want to say common or easy, but it's a lot scarier because you're dealing with so much stress and they all, everyone there has a weapon. So at any moment they can snap and they know how to use it. Yeah. So when you're like snapping, like heat of the moment, it's so easy to Mm -hmm. just pick up that weapon Mm -hmm. there Um, versus like you have to go home yeah. or whatever. Um, little fun fact. Um, the term going postal became popular in 1995 when it was used in the film Clueless. Um, in fact, uh-huh. yeah, it wasn't used much before that. that. Yeah, for sure. um, and the cast didn't even know what it meant until after they first read the script. Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh, that's so interesting. The that's chick cool. who wrote the script. I can see that though. What? Go ahead. You go. No, go ahead. Well, no, because I, in my like research, I saw like the first time that it was used in like a mm-hmm. newspaper was in '93. So they were probably writing the script around that time, yeah. and that totally yeah. makes sense. And like mm-hmm. the the writer of Clueless, Amy Heckerling, she had said that like she wanted to, um, she wanted everybody like in the movie to be. Um, like actual teenagers at the time so she sat in at Beverly Hills High School and saw like what they were talking about and things they were saying and there was like a lot of lingo that she had never heard before so she went and like wanted mm-hmm. to do the same thing so that's why she like um, that the term going postal like she 
not invented it, but she kind of brought it to popularity. And the same with like when they're talking about um, when Ty comes to the school and she's like, man, you guys got Coke here. She's like, they're not talking about the soda. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like when uh like for the um the cute guys it was like a baldwin and a hot girl yeah. was like a betty mm-hmm. that was such a good movie it was. we should watch it that was a good movie which one it was our mean girls yeah i know yeah. rolling with the i love how the cast like they all look so old except for stacy dash and paul rudd like neither oh, of them look like God. they have aged she, no, like, uh, sh- I don't know what she's doing, <laughs> but, but she keep on doing she it. She needs to tell the rest of us. Yeah, she's like, she was, damn, she was born the same year as my mom. It's fucking weird. Yeah. Wow, good. And she's her. still playing, like, yeah, young fucking high girls. <laughs> yeah. Just like, um, uh, I don't know her name, uh, Gretchen oh, from um, Mean Girls. Yeah. Gretchen Wieners? Yeah. No. Rachel McAdams. No. Wait. No, Gretchen Wiener. Sorry. What do you yeah. mean? Yeah. Yes. Party of five, no? Yes. Yeah. She's super fucking. Chamberlain or Sham. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Lacey, Lacey, Lacey Shabert. Yeah. Yep. Uh, she suits. She looks still like yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah. Good jeans or good skincare. All of it. Routine. I think it's all of it. Plastic yeah. surgery probably did. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had money. <laughs> no, I mean in Party of Five, she but looked like she was like ten years old. She's yeah, yeah, she, yeah. She sounded like she was ten years old. Oh, why am I so old? <laughs> okay, let's keep right. going, Eileen. You're making me sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's all. I, that's literally all I have for going postal. All right. I mean, it was definitely. I I think it was it's a little intro. No, it's important to like intro it because I think nowadays it's like oh, going postal like. But where? Yeah, like where did it come where did from? Where did it come from? What's going did on? Did you guys hear that airplane go over right now? Nope. No. Okay, good. It's fucking loud. Um, and let's see, what did I have? Oh, I also saw, which I thought was really interesting. So obviously, like, um, like you mentioned, like between like like the nineteen seventies or whatever and the early nineteen nineties. Um, there was a lot of like specifically like postal ones too, like like postal workers, U.S. postal workers and stuff. Um, and so I found that in 2000, the Postmaster General asked the National Center on Addiction and Substance Abuse for recommendations on how the Postal Service could provide their workers with the safest possible work environment. So they saw like, oh, crap, like this is a thing. And um, the report found that postal workers are no more likely to physically assault, sexually harass, or verbally abuse their coworkers than employees in the national workforce. And that postal employees are only a third as likely as those in the national workforce to be victims of homicide at work. Hmm. So yes, it is going postal, but like, like you said, Compared to everything. Yeah, else, I it's guess. just workplace violence in yeah. general. I mean, we've all seen it. Can so I just what? interrupt for a second? Of course. Um, I you just reminded me, um, I saw a little thing and it says the USPS does not approve of the term going postal and has made attempts <laughs> to stop people from using the same. Some postal workers, however, feel it has earned its place. For sure. I mean, Honestly, when I think going postal, I don't automatically think USPS. No, absolutely like, not. I think workplace violence more than anything. Yeah. Um, 
it makes sense when you actually like research it, like we have sat down and decided to research it. It makes sense where the term came from because of all of the incidences that they had in that very short time frame. But I think we're all well aware that it's not just postal workers. <laughs> Is it kind of like, would it be similar to like saying going AWOL? Cause it's not just the military. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. you can use it. Just a popular term, I guess yeah. you can use it. But AWOL does, I mean, it, that's where it derives from. But now it's just used right. as a term. So I guess, yeah. yeah. It's the same idea. Yeah, like, I don't, sure. I don't only think of, like, postal workers because, I guess, because we use it so loosely for everything mm-hmm. else. Like, any workplace violence, like you said. Right. So. It's, it's, I mean, it's evolved into <laughs> something... Yeah, stop t- trying to take. Why does it do that? That wasn't me. It's, I know. Yeah. Um, when I get a text message, it's on my messaging app. That's weird. Um, what was I fucking saying? I feel like Men in Black just then, just like, <laughs> and everything just went away. Um, but yeah, I mean, USP, yeah, USPS, like, stop trying to take yeah, freaking credit for the term, all right? Like, it's not just you. God. They're so upset. I think that's themselves. funny though. That's funny that they actually put out a statement about it. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Stop trying to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, I did one of the, f- like one of the first, I so I did do a U.S. postal worker. <laughs> so did I. Yeah. So because I just thought it was fitting, like since we were discussing the origin of it and stuff. So I did one from 1986. So it was definitely in the beginning Ooh. of the the region. And it's, and it's one of the first ones that kind of uh, they reported on and and said like um, going postal. Mm, no, they didn't say it because that wasn't until like 1993. But just like that, the postal workers phenomenon i guess started to happen um so i did patrick sherrill and throughout his life patrick henry sherrill was known as a quiet and shy guy in high school he lettered in three different sports he was known to try hard but wasn't one of the stars um after high school sherrill joined the marine corps and although some he's been known to like boast about Vietnam and stuff reports show that he actually never went overseas. <laughs> so, um, please just, so there's that. Um, after he returned from the Marine Corps, uh, he was still known to be like very reclusive, very shy. He had a very like sketchy employment record, which included training in electronics. He worked for a time as a traffic light technician for Oklahoma city, which is where he lived. But he left that job for unknown reasons. He worked for a time in a stock room for the local American cancer society. He was all over the place. He worked in a radio store and he left that job because he was allegedly insulted because the owner referred to him as that young man. Like oh. so, I guess he didn't know who he was. So like, he has like issues. Yeah, <laughs> so he he constantly like left jobs. Yeah. Like no, this isn't. No, this isn't. Oh, so that, he had a history of doing that. 
1985, Cheryl took the United States Postal Service entrance exam, which I didn't know that they had an entrance exam. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, yeah, I wonder what that would even like entail. I know. Uh, and he received high scores. So he was hired as a letter carrier. 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 British. <laughs> <laughs> a letter carrier <laughs> for the Edmond, Oklahoma post office. He had worked. I don't know why I did that. That was so weird. He had worked at the postal job for about a year and a half before shit began to get real. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, during this year and a half of employment, he began receiving complaints from his managers about misdirected mail and uh, being like late for work and things like that. On August 19th, 1986, two, two of his supervisors reprimanded him for his work. After this, he called his union and told them that he was being mistreated and he said, quote, I got to get out of here. So again, one. So then get out. <laughs> so, so leave. So bye. Um, well, it's not like the first, it's the first time. Yeah, he's exactly. Left a job, but so, um, he did not do that. Um, at around 7am on August 20th, 1986, Cheryl arrived to the post office in his uniform. He had a mail bag over his shoulder, but the bag didn't contain mail. <gasps> the bag contained three pistols along with ammunition. Jesus, he only has two hands. <laughs> <laughs> what do you need three fucking hands for? Um, he, of course, began with one of the supervisors who scolded him. He originally wanted to do both of them, but one of them was running late to work. And so mm. he actually luckily missed all of this. So that's in, it's just hot calling the kettle black. Uh, yeah. It's just insane. Don't be late, but I'm going to be yeah. late and yeah. save my own life. So he went to the only other manager that was there who scolded him, Richard Esser. And in that same area was fellow coworker, Mike Rockney. And so they were shot and killed. Hmm. After like 7 a.m. you said? Yeah. So like beginning of the day, waste no time. At least I didn't have to waste their day working in them. That's true. Uh, So everyone, of course, like heard the gunshots and everyone started to like run for their lives. So Cheryl chased a group of employees running from the shots through a side exit. Um, One of them was shot. Shit. After that, he was still inside and he locked several doors. So he started to like bolt all the doors. That is so scary. I know. Uh, And then he, after he bolted the doors, he started to go after the coworkers that were hiding under tables and in their cubicles. Oh no. Mm -hmm. Debbie Smith. This is so scary. Debbie Smith was sorting letters when the shooting started. She said, I froze. I couldn't run. He came to shoot the clerks in the box section next to mine. I just knew I was next. But as she hid, Cheryl passed her by and opened fire on the next section. Smith Uh, then ran for the door. And as she did, she could hear the coworkers screaming behind her. Insane. Right. And she survived. Like she was, she's fine. Um, other survivors 
escaped by locking themselves in the stamp vault. So, I mean, that's insane. I didn't even know stamps were kept in a vault. (laughs) I guess they're like monetary. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, When you think about it, but I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. I would think it was, and that'd be so smart. Like to lock yourself in a vault, like genius. Good job guys. But like, Oh, what if they, I I mean, the people that couldn't fit in there. I know. I know. That's tough. And um, others um, hid in a broom closet. So the entire incident lasted 15 to 20 minutes. And in this time, he took the lives of 14 people and wounded six others. Hmm. Minutes after the shooting started, police arrived outside the post office. For 45 minutes, they tried to communicate with the gunman who they didn't know who he was at the time by telephone and bullhorn, but there was never any response. When the SWAT team finally stormed the building at eight 30 AM, they found Cheryl's body mm-hmm. along with the tragedy he left behind. So he killed himself as well. At the time it was the third worst mass murder in us history. And like it's, two more grisly predecessors, it took place in a setting as ordinary and familiar as just normal American Mm -hmm. life. Like just going about your business, about your day. After the incident, police searched his home where he had lived alone since the death of his mother eight years prior to the shooting. So it wasn't like a trigger or anything. The house, the police said, had been had like guns and ammunition everywhere had electronic equipment literature about arms and electronics and the soviet union including issues of guns and ammo magazine soviet life magazines and a book called russian made simple russian this was also found in donald trump's library so that was (laughs) (laughs) dude i'm funny (laughs) I didn't even have that written down. That just came to me right now. (laughs) Red flag, red flag. (laughs) Um, In talking to his neighbors, police learned that he became known in the neighborhood as Crazy Pat. Of course he did. He had gained a reputation of a peeping Tom. (gasps) Ew. Yeah. He would wander through the neighborhood at all hours of the night. Um, one of the neighbors said when she was younger, he would just stare at you with such a strange look, like he was laughing at you. And so that like creeped me out. Cause I tried to picture like staring at someone without laughing th- at them, but looking like in your head, you're laughing at them. And that's like the creepiest look I could think like, right. Mm, Isn't that like super that. creepy? <laughs> I don't know. I Mine has a staring thing too, which is weird. Oh my God. Yeah. Ew. Uh, yeah. So she said it was terrifying every night I'd wake up and there would be Pat standing. Ew. Yeah. Oh, my I'm glad I live God. on the second floor. You know what? <laughs> I know <laughs> that's like, honestly, and I don't think this was a fear when I was younger. It was a fear when I like got older and like more and more into true crime mm-hmm. was people looking into my windows. Like, Cause yeah. you don't know, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So all of mine are like covered. Ugh. Yeah. So I think in the movie, Buffy, the vampire slayer, the one with Christy Swanson, there's like, is it Luke Perry? That's in it with her. Yeah. And he's a vampire and he's at the window and he's like up floating. 
And I remember when I was a kid, I had this horrible dream and it scared the shit out of me and it stuck with me till this day, obviously. And like, you know, when you come out of my bathroom upstairs, there's those windows. Mm -hmm. Okay. I had a dream that I came out of the bathroom and there was like (gasps) men at those windows and they had like red eyes and they were like looking in. Yeah. Dude, you never told me this. I I never had a reason to. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. And so, like, when I was little, if I'd have to use the restroom in the middle of the night, I'd come out of the bathroom and I'd close my eyes. And I, like, had the steps to my bedroom counted. So, I'm like, I know how many steps to get to my room. And then I'd open my eyes. That's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. That's my little fun fact. (laughs) Buffy the Vampire Slayer fucking you up. Yeah, I know. I mean, if it was Luke Perry, that'd be different. But I know because I was like a vampire floating by my window. I'm cool with that, man. Random men. No, with red eyes. With red eyes. Uh, and so they actually discovered that Patrick Cheryl had a telescope that was going into that girl's window. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, but she said. Uh, she said, but not for reasons you might think nobody dressed or undressed in that room. So he was literally like, which almost makes it creepier because there wasn't a sexual, like he was just, a he was just doing it for what reason? Like why, you know, at least with like, oh, she's getting undressed. At least there's a reason there. Yeah. It's like, not that it makes sense, but it makes no, sense versus it, like, I mean, it does a little bit more. At least. I mean, it's still not right, Yeah, but I'm like, so now why? Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. So, uh, on May 29th, 1989, the Yellow Ribbon Memorial was dedicated to the victims of the Edmond, Oklahoma post office shooting. The outdoor statue is of a man and a woman standing on top of a fountain. They are holding the ribbon of a bow attached to the base. The fountain contains 14 water jets and a plaque on the front with the 14 victims' names. Um, so I'll read their names now. It's Patricia Ann Chambers, Judy Stevens Denny. Richard C. Esser Jr., Patrick A. Gabbard, Jonna Graggart Hamilton, Patty Jean Husband, Betty Ann Jared, William F. Miller, Kenneth W. Morey, Leroy Oren Phillips, Jerry Ralph Pyle, Paul Michael Rockney, Thomas Wade Shader Jr., Patty Lou Welch. And then of the injured were William Nimmo, Jean Bray, Michael Bigler, Steve Vick, Judy Walker, and Joyce Ingram. Oh my God. I know. It's so many people. And especially, I mean, I don't know how big the Edmund Post mm-hmm. Office is, but when you think of like, I don't know, just one of like the corner post offices. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure this might have been this. I mean, if they were like sorting mail and stuff, it was probably a bigger facility. But I don't know. I just always think of like the smaller ones that are like in our neighborhoods. And I'm like, that's like everyone. Yeah. I don't think my post office has anybody working because nobody ever answers <laughs> the fucking door when I knock to get my goddamn packages. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, if it's like a, a larger facility, like. Because mm-hmm. I've definitely been to those too. Or even. I mean, it would be even scarier if it was one of those local ones. And this well, that's what I'm guy. saying. Like those local ones, like that's everyone basically. Yeah, yeah. Like that's a lot of people for those like little local ones. So. Oh no. Yeah. So that's crazy Pat. <laughs> you know, what's so funny. Like mine is kind of similar. Um, 
with like them being known as the weird one and like them staring mm-hmm. oddly for no reason. Which is, I don't know. It's just so weird. Cause mm-hmm. I've never, I mean like post office people have never like creeped me out. Like when I was younger, um, in Lakewood, like we had the same like post office or yeah. the same mail carrier, yeah. like for years, like he watched me grow up. Like mm-hmm. we knew him, we knew about his like family and stuff. And actually, um, when the OJ stuff was going down, like in the Bronco chase was going on, mm-hmm. he was on, he was working and I don't, I'm pretty sure he wasn't supposed to do this, but it was, so the chase was going on and we had it on TV. <laughs> and so he came in <laughs> and watched the chase with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my god but it, awesome. that was just i mean it wasn't weird because, yeah, because he was like yeah we he, yeah. we knew him yeah. like and and his fan he lived in the area like on halloween like his kids would come by and stuff That's so cool. it's, I, I don't mean, know it's just you so bizarre close to your um male lady too or is it a different one yeah my mom my mom's friends with her on facebook yeah yeah like so. she's a, she's a real cool lady like we always um is it the same lady from when we were younger there's i don't know i I thought it was, but my mom said there was one before her. But the oh, one we okay. have now, she's been for as long as I can remember. Like I said, I don't remember the first one, but um, I guess we had one before that they were also really close to. And then this one came along, and my mom's really cool with her. And since my mom was a stay at home for a long time, she would see her every day. Yeah. And so, like on hot days, oh, okay. um, they take them soda or water or whatever, and like they give them gifts for. Uh, christmas usually give them like tips and stuff like they're really cool about it and she ended up being friends with her on facebook and now like they're like really good friends like that's fucking weird yeah i think it's the same lady then that i remember yeah i had one named ralph and he um he was our male guy for a while i think till uh till the kid was like uh seven six or seven mm-hmm. and then he just stopped like coming around and i'm like where is isn't he isn't that like so weird yeah, yeah i remember ours got switched too and I because was like, when i wasn't on? working uh he would come when he would like come up to the door the kid would like crawl up to the door Aww. and like try talking to him yeah so he saw him like grow up for a few years and then uh same thing like we would give him drinks and stuff on like hot days or yeah. chips or whatever we had yeah and um and then he just like stopped coming around so and then i started working so i didn't see him but when i would see the male person come i'd be like where's ralph <laughs> and i think he like moved or got moved yeah. to like a different neighborhood yeah, or whatever um but that's so crazy how you could imagine if that was your male guy though i know like, oh, Pat killed everybody? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Shit. That's I shouldn't insane. have let him in my house. Yeah. That's yeah. Weird. I mean, <laughs> stranger danger now, but back in the 90s, we yeah. were like, yeah, come on in. Woo. Let's watch this chase. <laughs> Grab a guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <sighs> All right. Are you guys ready? I don't know, man. This one's kind of, I don't know. All right. When you were writing it down, you said it was getting dark. So it was. I think it was the way I like formatted everything. All right. I'm ready. All right. So on January 30th, 2006. So fairly recent, I guess. Yeah. It's in the 2000s. That was the year I graduated high school. Aww. I was a junior. Uh, on January 30th, 2006, 44-year-old Jennifer San Marco shot and killed a previous neighbor 
54-year-old uh, Beverly Graham before driving to her previous employer, the Santa Barbara Processing and Distribution Center. So official. I know. Uh, once she arrived to the facility, she held an employee at gunpoint, took their badge, and told them to leave the premises, which is weird. I'm assuming she just didn't work with them directly. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like she kind of knew what she was doing here. Mm-hmm. Um before entering the building, uh, San Marco shot and killed 37-year-old Zay Fairchild, 28-year-old Malika Higgins, and 42-year-old Nicola Grant. And she killed them in the parking lot before even getting into oh the fucking gosh. building. Oh, my gosh. Wasting and no time. We were just talking about this last night, but she got into the parking lot by following another car. No. Yeah. So she did, yeah, so she didn't have access uh, See, that's to the thing. See, that's one of with our place. Yep. Which is weird because we never had a gate before, and now I'm like... <gasps> yeah, so she <laughs> followed closely behind another car, and that's how she got into the parking lot. No. And then she held this person at gunpoint to get, like, the badge to get into yeah. the facility. Yeah. Ew, it's like a movie. Yep. Uh, so she killed these three in the parking lot. Um so, so I think the this facility was a larger one. It was a sorting facility. So there was like a few hundred employees. But at this time, there was about 80. Um, so some of those 80 that were inside the building heard the gunshots. They looked out the window. Oh, excuse the hell out of me. Um, <laughs> and San Marco saw them looking at her. And she looked up and smiled at them. Ew. Yeah, no. That's not creepy. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So she killed those three, looked up and smiled at the fucking people. And uh, then she entered the building and began shooting. You can't freaking write this shit, man. <laughs> you can't. Like, you like, can't that's make that shit thing. up. Uh, so upon entering the facility, San Marco shot 44 year old supervisor, Charlotte Colton, Uh, Colton was dragged into a room by a fellow employee in efforts to save her life uh, from further harm. She didn't know like if she was going to continue shooting her or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But unfortunately she died from her wounds. Uh, San Marco then approached her old workstation where 52 year old Lupus Schwartz was currently working. San Marco shot her four times and she died instantly. Her next victim was 57-year-old Dexter Shannon. (sighs) Shannon was a Vietnam vet who at the time was working with his headphones on. No. No. Yep. He didn't hear the gunshots and he (gasps) didn't hear her walking towards him. No. So she shot him at point blank range. That's why you always just do one earbud. I I would rather... I would rather go that way than hear her coming and be in fear and have my last moments alive being in fear. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Oh, I saw an episode. There was an episode. I don't remember what show it was, but it was uh, just like a CSI criminal lines. I don't remember exactly. Oh, actually I do. I think it was bull Um, where all the, they were, they were a bunch of coders. And so they all had their headphones on and like, someone came in and just like killed all of them one by one. And none of them heard the the previous one being killed. It was crazy. It was crazy. That's scary. And once like when Eileen said that, I'm like, what? I mean, it's really the lesser of two evils. Yeah, I guess. But then what if they could have gotten away? Yeah. Yeah. But they weren't, I mean, yeah, 
I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, he died instantly. Um, okay. So, he was the last one. San Marco then turned the gun on herself and committed suicide with a single gunshot to the head. Obviously, she couldn't shoot twice. I don't know why I fucking said that. Um, when police arrived, the gun was still clutched in her hand. Yeah, because you freeze. Which is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time that happened. Yeah. Um, so, they literally had to, like, pry it out of her fucking fingers. Um, so Jennifer San Marco was born December 6, 1961, and she had previously, I couldn't get a lot of like her, I don't know why I couldn't. It was actually, it took me a long time to find anything on like like, Patrick Sherrill's like backstory. Yeah. I had to search shit together. Yeah. I had to search. Um, so she had previously worked as a dispatcher for the Santa Barbara police department in the mid nineties. After successfully passing an extensive background and psychological exam, I actually applied to be a 911 operator. Oh, um, whoa. For Long, it was uh, Long Beach PD. And yeah, it's ex- like when they say extensive background search, they're not fucking kidding. <laughs> oh, I bet. Um, my, um, my mom's friend is a 911 dispatcher um, for Santa Ana. And she says, it is insane. Yeah. Insane. And I like the tests and stuff are super like stressful. I bet. But I passed all of them like almost a hundred percent. So I wonder like if I would have been but, like doing that every day. It's rough, dude. Yeah. Um, so she passed everything. Uh, however, she left the job a few months later because of the highest stress environment. Yeah. So I get it. Um, and you have when, to stay so calm. Yeah. Oof, I can't. Props when to you guys. Re-entering the workforce, uh, San Marco went to work for the Postal Service as a clerk. But after six years of employment, she was placed on psychological disability in 2003. Um, employees and like fellow coworkers said her behavior was getting weirder and weirder, bizarre and concerning. She sometimes talked to herself and argued with herself and made racist comments towards the, uh, her fellow colleagues. At the I was time, say, are you with yourself not weird? Yeah. Well, like, but like it, loudly. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause like I'm like, I think it runs in our family cause my mom does it too. Like we kind of like talk out loud when we're like doing computer work. And oh yeah. Stuff. Me too. Yeah. No, but she, yeah, I understand. I know like, the difference. <laughs> but like, I'm just saying Yeah, like an art. No. Cause I was like thinking the same thing. Like I do that. I wonder if my mm-hmm. fucking coworkers think, mm-hmm. I mean, they probably do think I'm weird, There's, but I, well, there's a level to everything. Yeah. That's no, but like the crazy part. kind of yeah. like argue. Like, stop saying that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> you turn the other way. Um, and she was making racist comments towards fellow colleagues. At the time, however, no threats were ever, like she was never like threatening. Um, mm-hmm. No threats were ever made. No one ever thought they had any reason that she would like physically harm any of them at all. Uh, she did have a history of mental illness and bizarre behavior. Uh, one account of a woman named Darlene Hayes says that she saw San Marco kneeling by her car in a post office parking lot and talking to herself. No. When he, when Hayes came up to San Marco to ask if everything was okay, she replied, they pray before they get in. No. And Hayes was like, turn around and run. What does that even mean? Turn around and run. San Marco uh, said she was talking about her brother and sister who she said were there with her. So Stop again, 
What the fuck does that mean? Well, oh, okay. So my question though would be, were her brother and sister, A, did she have brothers and sisters, which I know you didn't find a lot of background. Mm-hmm. And were they alive? <laughs> were they alive? Because that, cause I do believe in like ghosts and stuff. Oh, so for like sure. Maybe they yeah. were there, but there's That's so what many I always questions. think too. Yeah. I so don't many questions. Um, luckily, this woman, Darlene Hayes, had worked in mental health clinics for almost 20 years. Ooh. And she called the police because she she truly was concerned. Right. Like she, right. And that's what you should do. Yeah. Yeah. So she was hoping um, that San Marco would receive the help that she needed if she already wasn't wow. being cared for. Um, and Hayes, she thinks she was like, del- she was actually like delusional. Like yeah. She was maybe having like, not a psychotic, a psychotic break, but, but something. Yeah. Like there was obvious. Yeah. It, that wasn't right. Yeah. So, um, so Darlene Hayes' encounter with Jennifer San Marcos was hardly out of the ordinary. Um, to her neighbors, she was known as the woman who shouted furiously to herself, who ordered food at restaurants, then bolted out of the door before eating it, like not even to go, like food to eat there. And she would just leave before eating it. Um, she knelt in prayer at the roadside and they, she was known as the woman who peeled off her clothes in random parking lots. No. So it wasn't like a, it wasn't fun. Yeah. Like it was escalating. <laughs> and I, that sounds like fun though. Right. <laughs> like it she, wasn't the fun kind of peeling your clothes off in parking lots. No, it was the not. That so can fun be ones. fun, but this was not that. Um, she just wasn't, obviously getting the care that she fucking yeah, needed like a lot of people are uh to her co-workers she was constantly talking to herself sometimes acting erratically and arguing with herself her strange behavior was seemingly escalating however again no one ever thought it would lead to anything violent or mm-hmm. you know at least to anybody else other than herself mm-hmm. uh so just she was just a little strange um in 2004 <laughs> She was denied a business license to begin publishing a periodic peri- periodical 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 mm-hmm. that just does not sound right coming out of my mouth, uh, which would have been known as the racist press. That was the name of whatever she was oh, like, okay. fucking right. Um, so the motive. The motive behind the killings is thought to have been like a self-manifested paranoia that her fellow coworkers were plotting something against her. What they were plotting, right? no one fucking knows. Uh, she apparently believed that she was the target of some conspiracy centered at the Goleta Postal uh, Facility, according to writings recovered from her house in New Mexico, where she was living oh. previously. Um the writings found were just a bunch of ramblings, n- nothing like concise or clear or anything. Um, but they did allude to some conspiracy. She felt that the post office was out to get her somehow. We all feel that way. I mean, <laughs> literally though. So girl, I feel you on that part, but no need to. Kill they anybody. aren't though. <laughs> um, they're not. <laughs> they're not. You may feel that way, but they are not. Uh, despite her well-documented history of mental illness, San Marco managed to purchase a Smith & Wesson Model 910. No. I don't even know what that means. I don't either. Yeah. Uh, so the gun and the ammunition from two different pawn shops in New Mexico, Ugh. again, where she previously resided. Um, apparently, she did fill out the proper paperwork, and apparently they did do the proper background check, and she passed. Okay. Um, I, I don't know how. 
so this girl literally went postal just like yours. Um, and she, uh, this incident became the deadliest workplace shooting behind a Lockheed Martin shooting in 2003 when Douglas Williams gunned down 14 coworkers. Yeah. And that's the end of mine. Wow. Short and sweet. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. And uh, like whenever it's a mental illness, it's so hard. Cause look at so where, many of them are. Where are, where are your people? Like They're where's close. your tribe? They, like where, oh. you know what I mean? Like, like, but even if you're trying, a lot you? of the time, even if your tribe is in your corner, and they try and get you help. You what? You're, you're on a 72 hour psychiatric hold, yeah. and then you're then you're released again with nothing. Like it's just so our our mental health services in this country oh are God. horrible. Ever since all of the psychiatric institutions yeah. were closed, and you're that's a like, lot of the homeless problem. Yeah. It's a lot of the issues everywhere. But Bring back lobotomies. <laughs> again hashtag back to my or this is what i'm saying you guys bring them back bring back the ice pick um no but it's just like i don't know for me it's like hard because people knew that it was escalating and it was yeah. like and even if you didn't think like she was gonna harm you like she might harm herself mm -hmm. so that's fine <sighs> rather her than anybody else i guess but still exactly but that didn't happen well, it did, but with so, everybody else. Uh, really quick. Uh, I know I had originally said that I wanted to do like a few different stories. Right. But I ended up doing this one. Um, but these are just honorable mentions. So <laughs> congratulations to our award winners. Uh, there was this girl and I don't remember uh, like where it is. So you can look it up. But if you look, you can up, fucking do the research you on, your do it on your own, your own. If you look up like, uh, well, because I, I wanted to do a woman. So like woman mm -hmm. killing coworkers. There's one of this girl who um, killed her coworker over her tax refund. So the coworker. What? Yeah. So coworker A told coworker B that she received like $7,000 in her, like her tax well, refund. I'd kill her too. Shit. <laughs> so um she like came up with the plan to kill the girl and take her refund well that's not worth it she did kill her but at the time she only had like two or three thousand dollars on her <laughs> but even like seven thousand dollars girl it's not is, worth it it's not worth girl. it girl girl lie next year and you'll get your ten thousand <laughs> like i don't fucking know but i'm like that is so fucking petty like little things like this How people are get getting seven thousand though, though. Like, i don't know that's what i want to know she probably lied too i mean join the fucking club <sighs> but i do not <laughs> the no. club of all the other people who i do not lie on i was gonna taxes. say i have never once lied on my taxes <laughs> i haven't <laughs> I got shit to lie about anyways I'm fucking scared I don't make any fucking money. I don't get any money back. So what's the point? Yeah, And then like, there's a uh, one from like the dollar general, which is, I don't know uh -huh. if we have any here in California. Yeah. I feel like, um, I feel like I've seen, I them. have, I have them by me. Oh, I didn't oh. know that. That's where I get my uh, scrubs from. They were just like little, not that any life is better than the other, but they were just little things here and there. I couldn't find like a huge mm -hmm. like backstory mm -hmm. on them, which mm -hmm. I don't like. That's the hard part is, it's not that these weren't like 
worthy or that yeah. it's just a lot of them don't have a lot of information behind them, which is actually really sad when you think about it. it but is. we have to choose the ones that have the most information a lot yeah. of the times. But it's it's a read. I'll probably, you know what? I'm going to include them in my show yeah, notes anyways, for sure. just so you guys can read them. Because mm-hmm. um, they were, I mean, they were super interesting. And it's just, it's just sad. Like, like how fucking trivial yeah. something can like trigger somebody and they're just like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Especially in the workplace. I mean, like tensions are high and yeah. And like anxieties are high. Everything. I mean, yeah. the pressure that you can get under is very intense, but it's, it's just, no, just take a per- mental health day, which also, I mean, which I am a lot of workplaces now are being yeah. more, lenient on like mental health days and like encouraging their employees to do so. But it is really important because um, everybody just has those moments. Even if you don't have like a documented mental health problem, everyone needs a break. Yeah. Um, And take them if you need them. I took one, I think in January Mm -hmm. or February. It's the best. And I told my boss, I'm like, I need a fucking mental health day. And you're allowed to do that by the way. Yeah. And if, if your job tells you different, then they are absolutely wrong. But don't kill them. <laughs> don't no. Take a mental health day. Don't kill them. And just say, you know what, Bob? I need this day, or I'm going to kill everybody. Don't don't say that. Then they can put. Oh, you that's go. what I said. And he was like, "Oh yeah, just take it." <laughs> oh my god! Are you there? No. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Good. <laughs> All right. That was good. I liked this one. I, that was short for, but for being difficult. It's always the difficult ones though that end up being like really good because you really have to dig. You really have to search. Yeah. Our last one was like an hour much longer than this one. <laughs> it was, but it wasn't. We had a lot more bullshit in the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. We had to welcome everybody back. Yeah, and there were even like there were actually parts that were going to cut out because we were like, uh, we started like oh, talking yeah. about something like random that. Yeah. We can probably. They cut might out, so. end up being the same. So yeah, guys. So if you work in a post office, beware. Proceed with caution. <laughs> if you don't, be more aware and proceed right. with more caution because you never know. Just anywhere. Take into account how other people might be having a really shitty day. And I know it's really hard to do, especially if you're having a shitty day. But yeah. And it's not basically be nice to people because you don't know if they're gonna kill you or not. Yeah. So, and you don't know what anybody else is which going through. Is like, so hard. I have to continuously say that to myself. Like before I fucking go off on a bitch, I'm like, look, you don't know what she's going through. She doesn't know what you're going through. So just shut your fucking mouth and get on with your life. And it does calm me down, but you just sometimes though. Know. Yeah. <sighs> You just gotta. Sometimes you get pissed. You just gotta put them in their fucking place. You know what actually does help me though? Like if I do get pissed, like I write it out, like as if I'm writing an email to them or a letter to them or something like that. Like if it's a company or if it's like yeah. something, then I'll write it out like in a word document, and it does make you feel better because it's just Ooh, getting I'm it. Try that. Yeah, it does. It does make you feel better. And a lot of the times, like I rev up to like complain to this company, and I'm like, oh, I'm so pissed, and I'll write everything, and then I'll be like. Okay, now I'm fine. And I just don't <laughs> ever send it and I don't care. That's actually really smart. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try. And if you need to send it, like send it. If it'll make you feel better, go for it. You yeah. know, I mean, 
Because the thing is, you don't know. Don't insult people. Like, tell yeah. them the actual issue. Like, be reasonable about it. But. And you don't know if they're only doing it to you or somebody else. But right. if it's a continuous issue, right. then you might be able to solve it. Yeah. So, so yeah. Send, send that letter. Send that email. Don't kill people. Yeah, don't <laughs> kill anybody. <laughs> or if you want to and you want to give us the exclusive scoop, I mean truecrimegirls at gmail.com just saying <laughs> but don't tell us till after you do it yeah because then that makes us accessories yeah mm-hmm. and we didn't tell you to do anything and just give us some time to nope. do an episode before you get caught there's a few parameters let's just talk before you do it <laughs> no let's not talk before <laughs> we just said don't talk before we do it i just want to make sure we got all our ducks in a row I wear a mess as per usual and as per usual (laughs) thank you for listening we are well into season two now I can't even believe I'm saying season two what is happening that's weird it's super exciting Um, we have our show notes and a website and all the social medias Instagram Facebook Twitter uh, follow us there. Everything's at True Crime Girls. And then we have personal accounts as well. Specifically, Instagram is kind of like our main one yeah. um, for our personal ones. Um, Kylie TCG, Janine TCG, and Eileen TCG. So pretty, pretty, pretty simple. Um, but yeah, anything else you guys want to add? Yeah. Anything I'm missing? Just be safe, guys. Yeah. And just, like I said, follow us everywhere. Please. Just don't follow us home. Please don't fucking follow us home. All right. Eileen, you have anything else to say? No. We can't get like a... Can I take a nap now? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, you can take a nap now. All right. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.